Episode 79, Resisting the Collective Consciousness with Your Gut Feeling. You're listening to the very best podcast in the world on health, wealth, and happiness. Please remember to leave a review and share with all your friends and family. And here is your host, Lars Hilson. Welcome to the 79th episode of the very best podcast in the world, your best and only source for personal supremacy through health, wealth, and happiness. Ladies and boys, gentlemen, and girls, um, have you picked a life coach already? <laughs> so yesterday's episode uh, got a lot of feedback. Uh, more than I anticipated. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just rather interesting to see um, how many people are actually interested in consulting a life coach uh, for a variety of reasons. And uh, it was just, you know, interesting to see uh, the feedback uh, to, that came my way and how grateful uh, people were that, you know, it's something they've always been looking at and now they were grateful that they had a guide to actually use to find the right life coach or executive coach or sports coach or whatever because the techniques i pointed out were kind of like usable for other coaches as well so you know the uh hashtags in the title were a bit, um, I don't know, not misleading, but I didn't want to kind of cram it up. And so I reduced it to life coach and executive coach. That being said, today we are going to be resisting the collective consciousness with your gut feeling. Now, I think we need to um, do our homework and, well, not homework, what is it? our chores, our housekeeping, and define what is or what the collective consciousness is, one, and what your gut feeling is, two. And then we need to combine the two and actually tell you why you, in some cases, should be trusting your gut rather than the collective consciousness. And let's get started shall we? So the collective consciousness, uh, I always wanted to do an episode about connectedness. And in one episode, I already mentioned the story of where my grandmother passed away. And yeah, I, <laughs> I, I have to, I'll, I'll give you the short version. So my grandmother came down with um, pancreatic cancer and was very unlike the person she was um, suffering under drastic doses, doses of morphine uh, in her bed at home because the doctors could do nothing for her anymore. And 
I wasn't, I wanted to keep her in my memories as the person she was and not the person she'd become. So I would only visit her on rare occasions, despite the fact, you know, keep in mind she, she lived over a hundred kilometers away. So it wasn't easy to go there on a daily basis. Uh, however, my parents were there um, pretty much 24 seven to take care of her and look after her and see that uh, those free radicals from the uh, nursing services that came by on a daily basis did a good job and so on and so forth, you know, just to be with her. And when she was still clear and not totally clouded from the morphine and the other good stuff they gave her, I told her my intention and she was okay with that. She said uh, uh, something along the line of, I'll let you know when I go. Not that specific, but between the lines. So um, fast forward a few weeks, uh, and I was, uh, to get my head off of the situation, I joined my friends for a music festival. It was the middle of summer, um, beautiful, beautiful day. And sun was shining, no rain or anything, any bad weather uh, was to be seen anywhere and nothing was announced or forecasted. <laughs> that would be the correct, the more correct word. And um, it was about midnight that, you know, became a bit, bit chilly and, and thunderstorm came up and at about quarter past one, um, this was an open air festival, uh, lightning struck close to where the location was and the power went out on the entire party aerial what what, what do you call it like the the location <laughs> right and um next morning you know I, I, I drove home at night went to bed next day my parents came home and my dad who was also very close to his mother uh, open up that my grandmother had died at quarter past one in the morning. And I was really, really struck, uh, particularly because and I couldn't make the connection between the time and the thunderstorm and, you know, that whole ordeal. Um, so I sat at our ponds in the backyard and smoked a cigarette. <laughs> what do you do, right? Your grandmother just died of cancer, you smoke a cigarette. So sat down, you know, and kind of wept by myself and wanted to be left alone. And um, then I started to realize what a coincidence that just happened, right? Uh, again, no bad weather forecast to be seen anywhere. Uh, out of the blue comes a thunderstorm, knocks out the power uh, of the party that I was at. And at the same time, my grandmother passes on. So I'll leave that up to you to decide what that was. Because I, you know, what, 30, well, not 25 years later, I haven't, you know, I, I'm uh, still, you know, the very uh, mathematician and statistician. And so, you know, for me, it's 
somewhere between coincidence and her sending me a sign, right about 50% down that line. However, the point is the connectedness between people and there are too many examples of this to be ignored, right? And um, that's one very interesting thing. Uh, another thing is the connectedness with nature. And that's another very important thing to keep in mind how advanced animals are uh, as opposed to us. And I'm going to this huge tsunami that happened, which killed close to a quarter of a million people, I believe, but hardly an animal because the animals knew that something was happening. And this was insanely interesting uh, to witness from or to get told by eyewitnesses who survived. Uh, who I spoke with, um, you know, I didn't look for them. You coincidentally meet them. And, you know, it's like, I was there during the great tsunami. And you're like, okay, tell me about it. And one lady that I spoke to, this was like, what, 10 years later after that happened, uh, she was able to vividly tell me how pretty much quarter of an hour before the waves hit, it was just like still. There were no birds. She witnessed a bunch of dogs running uh, for the higher grounds out of the coastal area. And it was just this stillness that set in uh, that, you know, no birds to be heard, no, um, no other animals were, could be seen. And it was just still. And then she said um, she knew that something was up. So she went into uh, their hotel room which was on, I don't know, an elevated floor, uh, just because she couldn't, she couldn't make sense of it, but she had a bad gut feeling. And um, that's actually what this is about. Now for her, obviously, the indicators were the silence and the lack of, yeah, animals being present. Um, so uh, that was for her an indicator that something was wrong and told her got to get out of the pool area, which was on the ground floor and to go up to their hotel room, which was, on, I, I forget the number of floors. So anyhow, long story short, <clears throat> um, this same example by a friend of ours, uh, that, you know, said that she could feel long before the news or this thing made it into the news that something was wrong and that a lot of people were suffering and she was spot on with this she um outlined this very blatantly and said there's something wrong there's a lot of people suffering and you're sitting there going like yeah okay, you know, there's always a lot of people. And she was like, no, this is something really bad. And we're going to hear about it soon. And that kind of freaks you out, you know, if people have these kind of abilities. And, you know, this was uh, at the point that it happened. This was a friend of ours. And it was very interesting to see that, you know, half an hour later, the news were being um, flooded with <laughs> the irony, uh, flooded with news about the flood and the, the tsunami and uh, that kind of ordeal. And uh, she was spot on. And this wasn't the first time um, that I'd noticed that about her. You know, it was the same with uh, 
with 9-11. I didn't believe her because I wasn't present when that happened. Um, but she could pick up very early if there was like a global phenomenon going on, uh, whatever the nature was, you know, whether it was uh, a natural thing or it was um, caused by mankind or whatever it was, you know, she could actually feel it. But she complained that uh, the feelings that she had were being were being clouded and she couldn't make sense of it. She kind of led it back to her age that obviously her senses were um, kind of uh, suffering from the age as well. And then she, you know, quite two or three years before she passed away, she made, uh, she made the assumption that it was all the radio waves that we have around us that actually cloud her senses and make it difficult for her to feel, um, you know, not only the negative things, but also the positive connectedness towards, towards people. And that's very interesting. Uh, these are, you know, very interesting examples that, um, you know, from my life were there. If you have, you know, similar examples, uh, please feel free to email them to the very best podcast in the world at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to kind of look at those and see that, you know, I'm not the only one around presumably Looney Tunes, which, uh, you know, turn out to be spot on with their, with their predictions. Now, um, why is it important to run in the different direction that everybody else is running? And that's what I meant by resisting the collective consciousness. So the collective consciousness wasn't aware, um, the event of the tsunami, that something bad was going to happen. If the collective consciousness would have been aware, people would have reacted similar to the animals running away. And there wouldn't have been 250,000 people who perished at this terrible event, right? So it's about <clears throat> trusting your gut uh, rather than you know, um, running the same direction everybody else's. So in this example, you know, staying on the beach, uh, you know, this lady, let's make this example on the lady that I mentioned that went to from away from the pool area. So everybody else was behaving normal. It was her gut that told her that something's going to happen and that she should be in a safe space in the building because now she kind of attached it to the lack of sound and the eerie quiet that was there. But I believe there's more to it. Um, you know, it's not just that that gave her the indication. Uh, I think there's, uh, I outlined it in the episode about the gut and why, uh, you know, your gut and why it's important to listen to it. I think it was called, you know, look it up. Um, I explain very precisely what the gut is and why you should trust it. And I think I even have science stuff in there. So, <laughs> you know, take your time, listen to it. Um, it's a very interesting addition to this. Now, um, and this is where it gets important for you. This is kind of like the takeaway, the lesson learned. Had this lady not insisted that she go to the hotel room 
rather than staying downstairs with everybody at the pool, um, she wouldn't have been able to tell me about that. And so it's insanely, insanely important to trust your gut and to stand your ground on that feeling. You know, for me, um, I mentioned it in the various Rona rants <laughs> I've done in the past, uh, past episodes that for me, you know, it, it doesn't affect me at all. You know, I live my life as I have before, and I'm going to live my life the way I lived afterwards. So for me, it's pretty much the same. I'm just really worried about all of those people who are going to be affected in, uh, you know, from by their jobs being cut, uh, you know, having to um, sell their house, uh, having to sell their belongings and all the shit they've worked for. And for me, you know, I was, uh, when this whole thing started, my gut was telling me that there's something wrong. There's something off with this phenomenon. Up until today, you know, no, uh, sorry, I'm not one of the tinfoil hat battalion. Um, what I'm saying is that there's something that doesn't feel right with this whole phenomenon. And I think that's what it boils down to. And you should trust your gut. And based on your gut instinct, you should react. And you should not defend your reaction, you should just react. And I think with that, we can pretty much close this episode. Um, and tomorrow, we are going to have Exercise Friday. And on Exercise Friday, uh, upon popular demand, we're going to do the third lesson in maximizing personal productivity. Uh, I've been getting so much feedback that these exercises were so great and helped such a lot of people that uh, I'm actually going to do a third one tomorrow. It's already ready, ready to be recorded. <laughs> and uh, yeah, in that sense, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. And make sure to share this episode with the first person that pops in your mind that could make use of it and the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and until your fingers are sore from sharing it with people who can use the information and uh, then i wish you a successful day uh, and if you've already had a successful day have a good night and we will be in touch tomorrow for exercise friday stay tuned peace out